Hello and welcome to this episode of There Be Dragons. I am your Dungeon Master Matthew. Let's go round the table, introduce the players and the characters that they play. To my right is... I am Angela and I'm playing Abella. I'm Karen and I play your friendly neighbourhood dragonborn, Ryland Westfall. I'm Josh Walker and I play Scan Felspar. It's a me, Tristan, and I play Charlie. <laughs> and I'm Tom. I run the microphones and I play Nezzle. So, where we left you last, you were all sat about in Castellan's dining room, having been invited to a meal that was a little bit uncomfortable, a little bit too quiet, uh, a little bit stilted. That is, until Nezor had decided to draw strings and play a song, which attracted the attention of the commander of the Red Shields, Castellan's boss, Jarl Bjorn Davidson, which, given his propensity for staying on what seems to be an 11 out of 10 at all times, had encouraged him to make himself known to you by walking in, sweeping up his daughter, and declaring that Castellan had brought him minstrels. Scared. You have just stood up and cried out that you, in fact, are the one that has brought minstrels. And he has turned all of his attention to you. Um, and I respond in Illic. My name is Scan, my friend. I hear you, I hear great tales of your valor. He breaks into a big toothy grin and says, Ah, even in the south they have heard of me. I am Jarl Bjorn Davidson of the Red Shield. That you are. And mighty are your stories, sir. Yes, uh, my friends and I bring you a minstrel. He is one of our party. Uh, I apologize. I possibly overstated a little bit. We did not bring him. It was actually Castellan that brought him, but he is a friend of ours. Castellan has bridged the hand in front of his face and is sort of like pinching the top of his nose and just watching this exchange. Charlie's doing the same, but he's sort of like hunched over with his hands on his thighs, like, oh, this is great. Like, what? like ah. oh, please. I'm, I'm just. Can Nessel be have stuffing different meats? No, I'm too busy, no, I'm playing. Too busy playing. playing. That's the problem. He's the fucking I did, I did get that we're all some, talking about. Mm, some food. Um, Bjorn mm. leans over and picks up the entire lamb shank <laughs> and, and I just starts eating. I, I say to, I say to Nezor. Nezo, my friend, you know that one that we were talking about uh, when we were with uh, the, the, the death thing, the death mm, themed one. Yep, yeah, yeah. Can yep, you play yep. that song? You know that one? Uh, seeing that you're taking requests, Bjorn just cuts right over the top of Scan and says, You there, little man, do you know 10,000 blades, 10,000 women? I can give it my best shot. Oh, that takes me back. I only got to 47 myself. <laughs> <laughs> blades or You know what? I don't care. Can't it be both? Like at the same, I'm almost. That's the point. It's, it's after I'm one impressed with your synchronicity at this You've point. You've never, you, you did not grow up in the north. You don't understand. At this point, Costellan just puts both hands on the table and stands up and goes, uh, "Commander, how goes the final holdout?" Oh. To which, very, very like casually, as he's chewing on this um, lamb, goes, lamb. "Oh, we will burn them out. Worry not." Burn who out? The remaining warriors, of course. They are all holed up in some building. They do not fight with honor, so they die in the flames. Castellan goes white and just gets up and leaves. <laughs> Good. Castellan doesn't seem to be on board with that plan. That's weird. My, my, are you on the same team or on something or whatever? My y'all. Good y'all. 
Uh, perhaps a different, may I, may I propose a different method? I don't want to burn down a nice building in a nice town that you've captured. There are too many buildings here. I could stand to see one or two of them burn. That's, that's towns, Hoya. <laughs> Cities, buildings. It's, it's, huh, it's, it's, what? Uh, we will pick the spoils from the ruins. I, I'm gonna go out on a limb here and assume that northern building structures are uh, like it's it's more spread out. Uh, it's Australia compared to inner London. So he he would say, uh, I know what you mean. Everybody living on top of each other. It's gross. But they do like their buildings. Perhaps my companions and I could go in and possibly talk them out. Yeah, there is no need. We traded words. They would not surrender to a quick death. Okay. Um, I tried. <laughs> I didn't try very hard, and I feel like this guy and I could be friends. He looks over at Charlie. He goes, You are a very large man. I respect that. <laughs> Charlie will sort of like walk over and yep. shake his hand like, Ah, oh, such a grip, such a strong arm. And you immediately notice he is applying pressure to the grip. Yeah, sure. Like, and he's just like locking your eye. Been Charlie does the same thing, like a firm, like respectfully firm. Yep. Charlie Roughhouse. I would give 10 of my best men to have one of your size at my side. Charlie Strongarm. Good name. Strong name. Strong hand. And you, little elf Hello. I see you are eating at my table. Yeah, I slept from your table. At Castellan's request. It's very inviting. You have a charming daughter, Jarl. She is the pride of my loins, the apple of my eye, the blade at my side. Why, if anything were to happen to her. And then he goes very quiet, very still, and it's like barely repressed anger just flashes across his face. But surely no one would dare. <laughs> <laughs> you're right, you're right there, y'all. You look like you're having an embolism or something. He actually does. <laughs> like he's like, like there's a vein in his yeah. forehead. So sort of, don't worry, not, nothing actually is happening to her. She seems very safe. Look, she's mm. right there. <laughs> I Charlie would have sort of like shoot Duchess over so they could go play, so she didn't have to watch like oh yeah, Angry Dad like. Mm. So they're off. <laughs> If anything happened to her, I'd probably die <laughs> of anger. If like anything happened to her, I'd probably burn this whole place to the ground. So how did you get from way up there to here, out of curiosity? I took a boat from the north and battled my way through many different fields of honor. I am from Sledskos. Do you know of this place? Well, that sounds like a place. Yes, a beautiful Sledskos, flame of the north. Many glorious raids against the Erhart. Oh, good! Many glorious raids against the vampire kin. And the Bashano? Oh, the elf kin are too far south. But the riches I am seeing here, if I return to Sledskos, they will know of many glorious places to raid. They're too soft. Ever raided Lanadlos? Bjorn seems a little surprised at that name. Lanadlos? Cursed dogs. Breaker host to their yarn. What? They failed to heed my call when I summoned them. True, what? Okay, hang on. So yeah. can I? Yeah. Do I know of this dude? Roll me a history I should check. know him. Not great. <laughs> That's a three. Uh, you know, but, like logically, I would know him. That's he. If he's yeah. the guy my lord went to, you haven't been home in a while. You know what Slenskos is, though. Yeah, yeah. It's a settlement much further to the south of Lanadlos. Which, like most Illic settlements, they've had feuds with. Uh-huh. I'm playing it cool, though. I can't imagine them turning you down. Why? Uh, I will deal with them in time. 
I am now a Jarl of many tribes. What think you of my warriors? Uh, strong force. They are. Your wizards seem very powerful as well. Mm, I have only one alderman. His name is Lariat. He is a puny, puny man, and I have beaten him many <laughs> times. I He's approve insults. of this. And we also approve of that. He's, mm-hmm. he's irritating, um, but very powerful. He seems a bit dubious about that. Well, not magically powerful, not physically powerful. He's physically useless and weak. Yes, this we agree on. So, tribute. And he looks at you all expectantly. <laughs> You're pretty certain he is treating this meal like he would a like a traditional Illic meal where com- people would come to pay fealty to their liege. And what would that normally entail? Um, just gifts. Usually the gift would imply the kind of relationship that your clan would have with uh-huh. them. A meagre offering was often seen as like a, you want me to stay in line? We're going to have to have a bit of a duel. Uh-huh. Or if it was like too much of an offering, it was usually like, no, you are definitely the guy who's in charge, boss. And if it was just a, we'll give you something on par, it was sort of a, we are we are on standing, but we are ceding the leadership role, if you will, to you. Uh-huh. Sort of like a peers. It's a bit contextual. Okay. Well, Stan, as a leader of the group, um, you're in charge of that. He is your leader? I thought you were the leader at Strongarm. You are the biggest of them. This makes sense. Oh, no. Uh, it's more of a communal yeah, thing, sort of. He likes to take the lead. Mm. And he's, he's aware of your culture. I'm, I, I'm not. I would fail any who dared to think themselves above me. There they are. But Castellan is much less. He brings the gold to my coffers, so I indulge him in his little moods. Can I tell what would be a suitable gift? Maybe something nice to drink. Possibly a piece of um, finely wrought, like, scrimshaw work. Mm. Possibly something... I, you get the impression that he is doing what Jarls often do, which is show up and go, give me things. Yeah. And they're not necessarily expecting you. It's more about the gesture than the actual gift itself. If it has like, if you're like, ah, this was my father's, you know, that's yeah. like my father's smoking pipe or something like that. Like that would have probably more significance. He, he, I produce from my pouch a glass eye. And I say, <clears throat> yeah, when last, uh, the, the last great fight, I had. Uh, we brought, and I say I, I mean this group, uh, we had, we brought down a mighty dragonborn. This huge creature, some ten feet tall, red of scale and very fierce to fight. Um, fortunately was brought low by a different kind of dragon, actually, interestingly enough. But the brute had a glass eye. I took this from him as a trophy and it has been a treasured possession. I now grant it to you. He takes it, looks at it, and brings it to his eye. I see you. <laughs> <laughs> this is a fine gift, and your story comes with much valor. And he just collapses into the chair, which creaks under his <laughs> Come, entertain your y'all. Tell me stories. Charlie here has many stories of valor, do you not, Mr. Ruffles? I'm sitting there, like, playing hand puppets with, with Mary going, <laughs> huh? <laughs> yes, tell me of the mightiest foe you have slain, Strongarm. I, hmm, see, I don't really... Best it, best it. Yes, thank you. <laughs> um, 
I mean, I was undefeated in the King's League, you know, hard boxing. He narrows his eyes when you mention Kingers. Is this a Yarl? He's... Yarl of Yarls. He's... Yes. He runs everything. He'd know the king. He works for the guy. Really? <laughs> As you said, Ellen's the one who brings I him suppose. <laughs> Come now, Stronger. Tell me of the warrior you drove to the ground in shame. Oh. Charlie's sort of remembering, so he's got a look on his face of like, oh, yes, that one. Hmm. No, he wasn't much of a challenge. <laughs> oh, no, not him either. Who was the first man you fought? The first, your first bout. Oh, actually. I mean, the first man I fought, I was, I was 16. And he, well, he would have actually been in his uh, late 30s. Well, yes, didn't do too well against me, I'm afraid. <laughs> um, left with two teeth and a pretty swollen face. Like missing or no, total? No, total. Yes. Um, yes, no, he... That was actually my first fight. My father wasn't too pleased, but... Why not? You southerners have strange ideas about valor. My father would have given me the finest ale from his stores were he not slain when I was three. But I ripped the throat out of the man who slay my father so, and thus he was avenged. Rightly so. How did that... Is that normal where you come from? Do people just carry each other's throat out? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, like Roadhouse. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's like Roadhouse. Yes, like Roadhouse. Yeah, it's like Roadhouse. <laughs> Little Elf, you are very quick to judge others' valor and not so quick to speak of your own. Tell me a story, Little Elf. Oh, hmm. well, no, this is a good one. Once, I don't really have a whole fight. I more kind of help people win theirs. Because as you say, I'm very small and enemies are generally very large. Yes, you are very small. I could crush you in one hand. Watch their life bleed from your eyes. He lifts up this massive meat of a paw. She might even enjoy it. I don't, you know, I don't think I would. I don't think <laughs> I would. That was so incredibly gross. <laughs> There's children in the room, Stan. <laughs> Once we were fighting off these magical enemies, and ah, I was on top weird. of a bookshelf. Mm. Mm. They were very weird. And I took my sword, and I leapt off the bookshelf, did a flip, and beheaded one of them. <laughs> a beheading! I love it! Oh, oh, Nezo, tell him about how you, you leapt, you ran up Ryland. What is a Ryland? Uh, as a friend of ours, she is not here. <laughs> the little man ran up a woman. A very large born. woman. A large dragonborn. She was a commander in the Earhart military. And uh, he, when we were fighting some constructs, some, uh, it's like an enchanted, again, it's a weird. Uh, there's a lot of our business focuses there. He ran up this dragonborn spine or stabs the thing in the eye socket. Ah, you took their eye. Yes, good. playing a long music with this yes. like... He is handy with more than just his fingers. These stories please me. You have all pleased your yarn. He stands up and he goes, And now we fight. Huh? <laughs> yes! <laughs> <laughs> Who will face your yarn in single combat? I'll go for this. Yeah. Come, then we shall find a circle of order. Ooh, where? 
This is presumably a, a tradition that I am familiar with. Yes. I'm assuming wrestling. It's closer to a bar brawl. Yep. Generally, it yep. starts in a circle and the circle... And I kind of tap of... Charlie on the shoulder, on the <laughs> upper bicep as we walk out. I say, you're going to love this. <laughs> <laughs> and I look at Bjorn and think to myself, and I think I might enjoy this too. <laughs> I will have it known that I've secret away bits of meat for Nezor because I know he can't. <laughs> Does the little girl come too? Yes, she is very excited. <laughs> Dad's gonna kill someone! <laughs> There's no moon door here, my dear. So I was in this, you know, Tony Demos? Never heard of this place. Mm. It's not a great place. Uh, the whores are good, but if you're not into that scene, uh, it's mainly pirate den. I was with a whaling ship at the time. Um, it's how I got the, my moniker. So uh, this dude, he was not happy about my face or the way I was talking to his wife. I'm not sure. I wasn't listening. Totally um, understandable. Right. <laughs> but, totally uh, <clears throat> but he was wearing this ridiculous three-cornered hat. You know, one of those silly triangular hat things. Uh, I quite like those hats. Well, this one was too large for his head. Sort of, it stuck out as in it made him difficult to get through doors. <laughs> on, on you, perhaps it would have looked sensible, but on him, <laughs> too, he was too small, scrawny man. Anyway, I throttled him with it. <laughs> if you're talking about my favorite way to kill somebody, is his own hat. It sure isn't a harpoon, is it? Well, no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm terrible with those. We've established that. Beyond like cracks and knuckles, goes, my favorite way is to split their skull with my axe! And then, as though to demonstrate, he just hurls this remaining piece of lamb leg at the wall. It sinks in with the knuckle first, and then he turns and looks at you all, very pleased with himself, showing his prowess. He then gestures with his hand, turns, and stomps out of the room. Um, you all follow, and he takes you out to the threshold of that manse. And as you step outside, you realize that the cool of night has fallen. You can see in front of you, arrayed around on the front lawn, possibly about a hundred soldiers, all camped around either cook fires or standing in small groups with food, with drinks. You can see where the fighting pit has been arranged over in the corner and then you notice that none of them are really talking to each other they're all staring up at the sky and it takes you a moment to realize why there is a glorious sky spanning aurora present in the night sky its green and blue light is mesmerizing the crowd even Bjorn is silent having seen this and you can actually hear him whisper to himself even the gods smile upon me which, which gods <laughs> well he's he's predominantly referring to the twins words don't do it justice it's like it's not normal for this like i don't know who's near me at the moment scan would be like hang like interested in nezor's response yeah actually. like like nezor is, is very very surprised to see this and then very surprised at how like hyper magical like like he's experienced with magic so seeing this is like that's not magic that's something else scan would say well, yeah it don't normally happens as far south it's odd pretty no right that's the lights there probably would have been illustrations on, like, textbooks, mm. but they don't really capture what this looks like. Mm. Because I'm like, this is great, but it's our fault. That would probably be what Josh would think as well. I don't mm. necessarily know that Scarin is that smart, but um, that was my inference when so, like, I made a deal of this. Mm. <laughs> well, look, it's not harming anything and it's real pretty, so... Cool. Can I get from all of you a perception check? Nat 20. 
Fucking uh, 25 total, not 19. 17. Everyone's nice. rolling really good. I'm glad you're getting these rolls out of the way now. 8. <laughs> 25. Very nice. 14. Um, anyone who rolled over 15 will notice this. Those. Rude. <laughs> well, excuse but, you. Well, you're probably just shocked by it, and maybe that feeling of sadness is really kind of just stopping you from putting this together. These lights, uh, they are actually moving across the night sky. So okay, like, but so like, like, like it's not travelling? Yeah, yeah, mm. like ripples almost. Uh-huh. Nezor would immediately pick this up. Um, they are moving away from the direction of Arene. Mm. Huh. You've seen like ropes, high tensile ropes snap. And how they snake away. Yeah. That's the impression you get from this. Man, I was going to hit you if you said wings. Cool. Okay. <laughs> wings? Yeah, just going back to dragons. Um, so, cool. So, I'm going to kind of lean over to scan and be like, that's, they're, they're moving. No, like, they don't normally do that. They don't normally do that. And that's... But they're doing oh, a lot of things they don't normally do. Sure, but they're moving in the direction we've come from and are going. That's away from Maureen. Yeah. Could I incite for Scan to see whether or not he he would associate what we did in Noreen with... Yeah. Uh, 16? Yeah, that's enough for you to pick that. Um, yeah. Scan would say, given the effects of our actions in Noreen on yeah. the sky... Yeah. Uh, my my magical sense has always been a little off. Do you want to have a sort of a tingle about... I can. Uh, I don't even know what I might be able to pick up from that far away. Um, let's let's do an arcana check. Effect. Do this at disadvantage. Uh, that's an, a three nice. and a good start. Six, <laughs> no nine. Uh, three plus. Where's my arcana? So uh, a six. You wouldn't even know where to start with this. Yeah. Does it appear harmful or, like, is it just, problematic? Just, just ambient. It's fucking weird. It is very um, weird. How fast is it moving? Uh, actually quite fast across the sky. It's about ten minutes. The, oh. the ambient light starts to fade. Not even before the light show finishes disappearing, the murmuring crowd of soldiers return to their carousing and revelry. Um, and it's at this point that Bjorn goes, The gods show us their favour! Let us make this fight one for the sagas! Uh, Bjorn shoves his way through the crowd to a circle of men that have given a wide berth to a fight that's in progress. And these just these two dudes just shirts off beating the crap out of each other. It's more like a um it's more like a mixed martial arts almost mm-hmm. than an actual like pugilistic bout. Uh-huh. I don't know how Charlie feels about that, but it's certainly not it's certainly not the Queen's rules. He turns to the two of you and goes, Which of you warriors will face me in combat? Well, I'm up for it, but, uh, Charlie, you're the unarmed combat specialist. I am. That's why I would be concerned that it might be a bit unfair. <laughs> I like you, strong arm. No fear, no cowardice. You will be a worthy opponent. And he just <laughs> walks over to the ring and just pushes people out of it. It doesn't even, like, that side of the head gone. Charlie takes the, the ruffled shirt yeah. and it's got... Prestuds. <laughs> pops it open. This is a Bruce Almighty reveal. <laughs> like, pops it open, throws it to Scan, unclips his, his big old suspenders, and passes those to Scan. So while you do this, you see 
Bjorn push his way through the crowd and then after like the first five people whose heads just sort of manoeuvres so they are no longer in his way, people start to clear a path. <laughs> and the two people who are fighting are just so engor- engorged? So engrossed. Hope not. No engorged. <laughs> They're so engorged with the combat's lust. No. Um, <laughs> just anger. Yeah. You can be engorged with anger. I've had an angry boner. <laughs> I don't think there's Rage an boner. I don't think there's an emotion in life that I haven't had a boner for. <laughs> Sadness boner, despair boner, happiness boner, confusion boner, apathy boner. Apathy boner. No, I, I feel like it's morally impossible to have an apathy boner. <laughs> I'm so apathetic and so turgid, ragingly apathetic. <laughs> so, away from you. Swollen with my apathy. Get it out of your system. And then um, I think Drax could be ragingly apathetic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he goes over to these two combatants who are just totally engrossed in their fight. He looks at both of them and then he just punches one in the head and the guy <laughs> just goes down. And and scan and maybe some of the others go, Yeah! And then he takes his many axes off and takes his coat off, much like you. This man is a mess of scars and tattoos. Scan, you'd recognise them, mm. actually. They're berserker tattoos. What's the theme? Snakes or wolves? They are... Eagles? Predominantly badgers. Badgers? Yes. Of course they are. Oh, badgers, badgers, um, Is that no snakes at all? Snakes! No. Oh, my God, it's <laughs> No snakes. Snake. No, just badgers. That's because he's wearing pants. You can't see his oh, snake tattoos. <laughs> It's and, an a mushroom, and a mushroom on each screen. No, no. He's got a snake tattoo on his arm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, he, he's got giant nose. I would have thought it would be an eagle with the, the wings down the thigh, so when you do this, it flaps. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, a lot of these scars... A lot of these scars... An eagle with a trunk. Jesus, I'm going to wait for you to finish. <laughs> An eagle holding a snake in its mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an eagle holding a snake in its mouth. And the snake's holding a pair of pants. He doesn't get naked. (laughs) Why not? This is the land of lost tradition. (laughs) Okay, it is. What? Yeah, no, he gets It's very manly. It's very heterosexual. Someone uh, get the grease! Does yeah. he actually have tattoos on his junk? Because no, I'm he has commenting. Tattoos. He's wearing pants. No, he gets <laughs> naked. Shit. He gets naked. Matt no. just said. I was, I was, I was talking bullshit. He doesn't have to. No, I think let's let keep him it get PG. Naked. Let's keep it PG. Uh, <laughs> you've already seen. You've already seen. You a want to imaginary see the dude's junk? Just talk yes. him up later. I'm yeah. pretty sure the missus isn't here. <laughs> so he has a a badger rampant on his back. You know, have you seen those pictures of like the wolves eating the sun? Yeah, yeah. it's that sort of <laughs> motif. Please, get it. It's just a Norse myth. He's <laughs> like, and then Fenry the Badger God will eat the sun in the last days of Ragnarok. I mean, I'd prefer to fuck with a wolf than a badger. So, he has <laughs> taken his shirt off and thrown his axes to the side and turns and looks at you and gestures both hands out to either side of him and sort of does like a come at me. How far away is the, um, like the ring? 30 foot. Do I know the the traditions of this? Would it be considered poor form to, for example, dash punch? <laughs> uh, no, no, it wouldn't be. What it would be considered poor form was if after the Jarl divested himself of weapons for it to suddenly go to weapons. Okay. So this is clearly meant to be a fisticuff. It's not meant to be a to the death. No, no. I'm yeah, just like, would... if, if Charlie needs to know anything, does Scan yeah, know anything? Do you want to Charlie... be his ringside manager? I would just be like, just sort of I, I work his shoulders up a little bit and say, 
don't do anything not cool. It goes really badly when you do that. I'm not. I basically. I don't expect that you will. I just. (laughs) When he does that, I go. A sucker punch is around. (laughs) Yeah, totally. But just, just don't don't kill him. All right. Okay. And Charlie sort of like will like stretch. I'm I'm absolutely just gonna <coughs> no quietly magic. move off to the side. Yeah. No, but, no magic. But do you don't want bardic inspiration? No, oh, that's cheating. Is key cheating? Would no? it, would, would bardic inspiration oh, yeah. be considered cheating? If, if anyone could spot it, if anyone could spot it, there would be an upper level. Yeah, but that would be an illic society because the Ottoman don't get involved. Yeah. Well, while I see Nezel considering this, I'm just gonna be like, Nezel, look at all this meat I got you. <laughs> uh, thanks, Abella. Welcome to the rainy day. I wasn't sure if I should wink at you before when Scan said things about fingers, but you know, I'll appreciate the food now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> give him a thumbs up. <laughs> okay, Charlie, you hear from the other side of the ring. Stronger! I am waiting to play with you! Uh, also, we're not going to roll for initiative. Charlie, you are going to go first. Bjorn is literally just waiting for you to show him what you've got. Is he at the far end of yes. the ring? Yes. Cool. So, right in front of him and throw my first attack. That's not good. That's a, a 12. That does not hit. Uh, Bjorn ducks, weaving out of the way. His eyes are sparkling with excitement. That's fine. Second attack of the first action. So 19. <coughs> so that's a 27 mm-hmm. to hit. Absolutely. So that's 10 points of damage. Give me a constitution save while you're there. Cool. What's the DC? Uh, so that'll be a 16. He fails. Brilliant. So he's stunned. Okay. Um. So... Basically, Charlie dashes right up and throws an incredibly obvious punch, which is the punch that misses towards the sides of his head. So as he ducks down, he doesn't see the uppercut that he was hiding with his body, and he rings that bell. Um, So he's stunned, which means, well, because I attacked him, he can't make any reactions. Because he's stunned, he can't do anything. He actually can't move. He can speak only falteringly. Yep. Um, he automatically fails strength and dexterity saving throws now. Yep. And attack rolls against uh, him now have advantage. Yes. He's incapacitated for this round, so it's your turn again. Uh, but he is, like, clutching at his face. Yeah. Okay. So I'll then make my next attack. 16 on the dice plus 8 again, so 24. That hits. Brilliant. That's a six on the dice. So 11 points of damage. Uh, cool. Roll your second attack. 16 again, plus eight. Yeah, so, that so that's eight points of damage. Okay. So the first one was 11. The second one was eight. Yep. Make that strength save. Yeah, he doesn't. Fail, which means he is pushed 15 feet out of the, stri- the ring away from me. Yep. So I ring that bell and then... Um, when he's sort of dazed, another one will catch him in the jaw. I'll throw a, and then I'll throw a heavy punch into his liver, like straight, and sort of like lock form, and he'll yeah he fly fifteen feet back. Yeah, he does into a group of people, yep. and they cushion his fall. Scan yells from the sidelines. I said, don't kill him. <laughs> and then I give Scan a wink, like wink. Um. <laughs> And Scan goes, oh, God. (laughs) So, if you get me killed. (laughs) So, Bjorn shakes his head slightly 
and seems to regain a sense of where he is. And he spits the blood out of his mouth, staggers to his feet, barely standing at this point. <laughs> he's blinking and it's like his eyes aren't quite focusing. He just goes, wine! And someone throws him a wine flask and he just takes it and just empties it into his mouth and throws it to the ground. <laughs> he goes, your yarl is pleased. This, this is a fight, Strogarb. You're starting to see spittle form at the side of his mouth. And he starts, like, stomping one foot on the ground and pounding his breast. And then you see, like, his nails are digging into his chest. He leaves a trail of blood behind as his eyes glaze over and he enters into a battle rage. He deals to himself two points of damage. I say to the little girl, now's the good bit. She looks back at you and goes, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus, this child is psychotic. I know this child in real life. (laughs) Bjorn appears in front of you and immediately brings just these ham-fisted blows down on you. Does 19 beat your AC? It does not. Okay. That is a miss and that is a hit. Does Charlie throw up a defense of some kind? Because the first two don't hit, but he makes three with the third. So he makes, he gets three attacks, does he? He does. So, um... So the first two, when he brings it down, Charlie just sort of, like, shifts to the left, shifts to the right. Like, so it's not even a a guard up. It's just... Yep. And then he brings this one down on you and hits you for seven points of damage. And as a burst action, he's going to try to grapple you. I need an opposed grapple check from you. Yeah, 13 plus 8, 21. Okay, he failed. Uh, so, yeah, he attempts to grab you around your head. Charlie sort of, uh, yeah, slips to the side and, and slaps his shoulder on the way out. Like, not yeah. for damage, just like a nice try. Yeah, right. He's grinning like a madman at this point. Your turn? Yeah, Charlie's stone-faced. So Charlie then moves. So I've got uh, my movement again, which is 50 feet. Mm-hmm. I'm going to use that to move behind him and then throws, a, a like, a kidney punch... Yeah, so that one's no good. That misses. Cool. Next attack, please. A 17 on the dice. Nice. So that's a 25. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'll hit. Charlie strikes him for six points of damage in the kidney so that he'll sort of shift his weight and turn around. So I want him facing me. Yeah, I think that first attack, he sort of just shifts slightly, like he's trying to evade. But... Yeah, and so just sort of to turn him around, make my next attack... Um, 14 plus, so 22. Yep, that hits. Okay, so he's still stunned. He is. So I'm going to get him to make a constitution saving throw. Yeah, he passes that. Okay, that's fine. Was it? Um, <laughs> and last attack, yeah. which I got a 19 on one dice and 11, so 27. Did hit? Yep. Yeah, that hits. Um... Hey, six. So that's 11 points of damage. Mm-hmm. Then I'll use my key points mm-hmm. to make a flurry of blows attack. Do that. Where's your milk for what I got? No, that misses. It's a one and a three. No, it's a 20. Not 20. 20. <laughs> okay. The number of times you've rolled those twi- dice, you should have had a 20 by now. Yeah. yeah. You have had a one, so... That's... Nine plus ten, nineteen points of damage. And again, he makes that strength save. Okay, that's a big fat eleven. He fails. 
and is pushed 15 feet back and into, into the, the ring. The ring. <laughs> yeah. And I think he does the tumble ass of the tit sort of lands seated. Mm. Oh, actually, let me use the last of my movement to the other side of the ring. Fists up, gentlemen, like, no smile on my face. Like, just dead staring at him. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm well impressed. Okay, meanwhile, Nizzle, Abella, and Scan. While Charlie and Bjorn are going at it, what's happening in the crowd? I'm, I'm just, just watching stunned, because, like, as Scan said before, we've never seen Charlie actually, like, box fight. Like, he fought the bird, but... Like, we've seen him fight. That bird. We yeah, know no, he's but, fucking lethal. But, we like, just didn't know... Boxing. We've never seen him box. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just like, that's... that's I'm some... probably, yeah, too... I'm that too, guy. Too impressed to even pickpocket anybody. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm so stunned I'm not even, like, playing music. I'm just like... Yep. Scan is watching, trying to decide whether or not he should take a bet. Um, oh, I would definitely take a bet. Because because he's like, I think Charlie might win, but I really kind of want to see what happens when this dude rages. What's what's the little girl's reaction like? She's just like, yay! Yeah. Night kill! So, so, no, Scan at this point is like, no, nah, if she's not worried, I'm not worried. She's seen her daddy fight too many times. I'm feeling like this is not par for the course exactly, but it's happened more than once. I'm pretty sure daddy will bounce back. Um, I'm I'm concerned, but it's sort of I'm concerned. Like I'd say, if he's if he's bounced back around, so he's his back is to us, so he's not that far from us no. at this point. I would say, read the crowd, Charlie. <laughs> I'm not saying take a dive, man, but uh, you know. I, um, you know your business. Just I would don't probably hear this. I'm like, kill him, Charlie. Get him. I don't kill. Get him. No, he doesn't. And scan. What would be more insulting? Oh. Yes, scan. What and would be more insulting? Grapple him. Wrestle. Finish him. <laughs> I'm more interested in what Castellan's doing at the moment, but I'm not really going to sneak off just to find out. Maybe not you, uh, Bella. That's true. What? If we wanted to investigate the house, now would be the time. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, sure, yeah, sure. Um, yeah, if you want to sneak away and do something, you are more than capable <laughs> of doing it. No one is paying you any attention. After this fight, there will be more fights. Probably, yeah. 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 Um, like, even if there aren't, I'll challenge someone like, <laughs> to make this keep going. All right, is there anything you want me to find or...? I'm, I'm, I'm not giving you orders. I'm just suggesting if you wanted to yeah, do Yeah, no, some, but if you had, like, a particular direction... We not find some very suspicious rooms? We didn't really um, find anything you, Okay, so remind you, so you saw you saw the ones that you checked were either empty or they had officers sleeping in them or getting changed. You also saw the chest that was in the room alone. Um, that one. Oh, I got that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Got your thieves' tools with you? I do. I should. Of course, I do. <laughs> Sweetie, they're part of my bodice. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> and I like as she walks off, I just like point at her. And I'm like, so don't go too far. I'm like, like, do what you got to do. I do finger guns back. You slip back into the house, which has a few guards wandering around the premise. What would you like to do? I would like to try and head towards the room with the chest in it, because we can't go on the second floor. Like we're not allowed to. No, but you don't see any guards posted there at the moment. There are just a few men that are wandering the hall. One's cross, like one's literally crossing from the east wing to the. Have west I passed end. any people having wine on the way? Oh, outside, yes, absolutely. I would try to sneak a glass mm. and probably rinse my mouth out and spit it out, just for the reason of if anyone's like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "Ha ha ha!" good, good. Wine on my breath. Um, so, having done that, yes, I'll just head up the normal route. Sure. Roll me a stealth check. 
16. So you almost run into someone at the top of the stairs. You're sort of like up against the hard side of the staircase, so you're not leaving any creaks. Um, and then as you get up, this, just, this soldier just sort of walks past and he heads down to the hallway. You hug the side in the shadow and you're left in this sort of darkened hallway. Now, you remember that the first door on the right was Castellan's room and the furthest room at the end of this row is the room that had the chest. Of course it fucking was. All right. Um, can I see any any guards? Any yep. uh, Coast is clear. Cool. I'm going to go for it. Uh, you get to the end of the hall and mm-hmm. the door rattles a little bit and it's stuck firm. You're going to have to use those lock picks if you want to get inside. All right. I'm going to do that. This is the first time I've actually picked a lock. Maybe. It's on a door. Uh, 16. Yeah, that does it. And you get that satisfying click that you felt so many times and you're just like, I'm going to push this door open. In this room, in the dark, you can see the shape of the chest and the few rugs that have been left out on the floor. I'm going to check for traps first. Okay. Perception. Oh, Oh, that's good. Uh, 23. While you don't see any mechanical traps, it's really weird that there would be rugs on the floor. There's just something off about it. It doesn't quite make sense. I'm going to pull it slightly to see if it gives. It doesn't. Because there's a chest on it. Yeah. Is there? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to move to one of the other rugs that's not got the chest on it and try to pull it away. None of them will move because they're all weighted down by this thing, but you could probably lift it up. The rug? Yeah. Rugs are fucking... Okay, I'm going to try to do that. Okay. Just, like, slowly to see what happened. I'm going to keep an ear out for any clicks or any... Yeah, you don't hear anything of that, but what you do see underneath is that someone has painted ward signs and stuff. Roll me an arcana check. 20. Not natural, but still 20. Given your upbringing in more of a, I won't say noble family because that doesn't really exist in the Bashano Republic, but given that you would have had a classical education, you're pretty certain that these are the symbols for fire and the symbols for holding. Question. Hmm. Well, I'm going to take my mage hand, which I haven't used in a while. That's not a question. The question comes later. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm going to reach across the border made by the carpets and see if the mage hand... Use the, using the mage hand to go. Yes. Okay. Yeah, it passes through the back. Okay. I'm going to touch the chest with the mage hand, probably staying quite near to the door. There's like a low hum. It's almost like a, not like a power hum, but kind of like a static sort of... More felt than heard. Yeah. I'm going to bring my mage hand back and send it out with my thieves' tools. Yep. Okay. And just touch one of the thieves' tools to the chest. Um, There is like a a static... (laughs) I'll let you do a deck save to try and prevent it from flying from you. Uh Aha! 27. Yeah, no, it's... um, what? (laughs) I have plus eight for decks. I know. (laughs) And I just rolled 19, so like... The, there's like a, a charge that just runs down it and goes into the hand and sort of refracts a few times around inside the spectral hand and then sort of just dissipates. <laughs> well, didn't hurt me. I'm going to try to pick the lock with mage hand. Okay, that is going to be a disadvantaged roll. Because <laughs> you are effectively using one hand for yes. a two-hand job and also it's not your hands, it's a magic apparition. Twelve. Twelve is not enough. You're getting like that small hum mm. running down your like your innate connection with this hand, and you hear movement in the hall behind you. Whoa! 
What's the movement doing? Is it coming it's or going? someone heading down the hallway towards you. What do you plan to do? Hide. Yes. Hide under the rug. <laughs> <laughs> Just these feet poking Explodes. out. No. That sounds like a good way to die. Or get I think caught. there's a James Bond song like that. Um, good way to die? Yeah. Get hold and die. Bum, bum. Um, so I would have left the door sort of ajar behind me. So I'm going to very slowly close it, holding the handle so it doesn't click, and then Do I'm... Do check. 16. Fuck me. You hear whoever is in the hallway suddenly stop. Meanwhile, Charlie. Beyond's taken all this damage, and normally you see someone like this just go. Instead, bleeding, bruised, and grinning like an absolute lunatic, Bjorn says... Is that all you've got, strong arm? How about you use your fists, not your mouth? <laughs> uh, yeah, he, get, he splits his mouth in a huge grin. He's what? missing a few teeth. Yeah, come on, strong arm. With a roar of rage, Bjorn charges at you and is going to attack you recklessly, uh, giving him advantage to all his attacks. And next turn, you'll have advantage on all your attacks. Too many dice. <laughs> Two of his attacks hit you. Mm-hmm. So he um, he goes for a a, um, a liver shot. Yep. Which I'm sure you probably guard against. Yep, of course. And then as you drop your arm to do that, he, with the same arm, just follows up with a double whammy right into your left cheek. And he does... 18 points of damage. Shite. You can now also hit him with advantage. Reckless attack. Yep. Going to attempt to grapple you again as a bonus action. That would be a 24. I get 24. He thinks he's got you for a second. And again, I step to the side and slap him on the ear. Um, Like, with my knuckles, like... He did not like that. Good. Because it's now my turn, and I have advantage on all of my attacks that I'm going to rain on him. Yep. Um, so, 23. That hits. Uh, it's 10 points of damage. 23 again. Yep. 11 points of damage. And that one also misses. Blows. What are you doing to me, Dice? Misses. So I'll take that 17. That, and that one hits. Yeah. I saw it, but I agree. Yeah. I didn't see what it was before no, yeah, I accidentally yeah, yeah. shifted it. Mm. Um, and that's nine points of damage. Okay. So again, it's while, like, after I've sort of slapped him, I bring a fist to the side of the head um, and, at like, sort of as I'm striking with the side of the head, so it's like a side punch and then an uppercut. I've thrown, you know, a couple of punches, which is me, which have missed. Um, and then I throw like a heavy straight right into his stomach, like after just a combo at his head, just right in the stomach, mm-hmm. like the actual physical stomach, not your yeah, belly yeah. button. Um, yeah, nice. Just underneath the rib cage. Yes. Yeah, just bop and um, again, throw up that guard. Um, and shift back 15 feet again. Yeah. Bjorn's um, looking a little bit worse for wear now, finally. And a few of the voices that were shouting for Bjorn are now going, strong arm, I <laughs> mean, strong arm. He bloodied me with three hits. Yeah. I've only potentially just bloodied him mm. with, like, 50. Yeah. <laughs> but 
the thing is, the crowd is starting to turn yeah. more to your favour. Possibly they've never seen him this damaged before. Yep. This has given him pause for a moment, and he stops and then, breathing heavily, looks at you. He brings his hand back up to his chest and cuts himself again. Oh, dear. Is it the other way? Yeah, for three points of damage. Like an extra, you're like, you're exiting across. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Bjorn flashes a broken smile at you and says, At least there's more like it. I haven't fought a man like you since my time in the north. Come at me, strong arm. And just makes like a guttural yell and tries to spear tackle you. Okay. I call so in. this is a grapple? This is a grapple check. You're doing great, Charlie. I Don't kn- let him grapple you. Um, That one's going to be a 19. He beat you by one. Oh! oh. I said don't let him grapple you. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, he grapples you. <laughs> <laughs> and he is going to attempt to throw you over his back. And, Charlie, you know that if he does this, this is going to hurt. Meanwhile, Abella. She's still in contact with me at this point, or like she's moved too far into the house. I, I think she'd I think be, a bit, be a bit far. That's, like I'm not worried, but yeah. You sit there for maybe a minute, and no one. Like you're pretty certain whoever was walking down the hallway went into one of the other rooms. I'm gonna try again with the mage hand tools. Yep. Thirteen. Thirteen's not enough, I'm afraid. Fuck's sake! Stop being trash. <laughs> <laughs> Stop being good. one good, one bad. Because <laughs> it's been that's consistently that. Yeah, it's been like, oh, that's good. Oh, no, that one's bad. You know that thing where you're in, like, complete silence and so you're so focused on something, the smallest noise sounds really loud? Uh-huh. As you're working on this thing, trying to get this one-handed, like, thief tool to work properly, you're, like, every time you make a slack click, you're, like, flinching at the sound. But... So far, no one has noticed that you're doing this. So if you want to sit here and keep going, you're more than welcome yeah. to. I'm going to do one more try. And Oh, that one was good. Um, so that's 25. There is a satisfying click. Oh, yeah. Thank nice. you. <laughs> and then you, like, wipe your brow and it's just fucking painted in cold sweat. It is. <laughs> there is, like, an oppressive feeling in the room that you didn't feel before that is just gone now. The chest has popped open a little. Cool. I'm going to return my thieves tool to me and I'm going to use the mage hand to open the chest. And I'm going to walk forward a few steps. Not all the way there, but I'm going to see if I can see what's in there. You take a few steps onto this carpet and there's no reaction. A few more steps, no reaction, and then you can see inside. Then it's just a pile of paperwork. <laughs> Someone who's gone to this length to guard that? Yeah. Paperwork. I'm going to, again, thieves hand, not thieves hand, sorry, mage hand, and pick out one and have a look at it. Um, it is an order form for about 10,000 rations. Okay. I'm going to do that again. I'm going to let you do an investigation check yep. to see if you can find something interesting. Yeah. Six. <laughs> six? That's rough. Your investigation is six? No, it's plus two, but I got a four. Yeah, that's rough. <laughs> so the only thing of interest that you do find as you're just sort of going through these papers is that you see the original contract with the Bachano. There's no signature on the bottom uh, and then void has been scratched over the top of it with a red ink. Hmm. Excellent. Your eyes almost bug out when you see how much gold's being offered though. It's like 150,000 ducats. Oh, it's a good amount. Of mo- no wonder those people were pissed off. Um, can I do an- another investigate? Roll me another investigate check, Abella. We'll see how you go. 
was about it. Uh, 12. You almost miss it. There is a small envelope with a seal on it in black wax. This is a written guarantee from the Prince of Urha, basically outlining an agreement that will be put into contractual effect upon resolution of the war. Bjorn is going to be given an old if he takes and holds Ratu. Castellan has also been given an option to become basically a marquee. So these are very, very high stakes for these guys. But the contract is only for 50,000 until the resolution of the war. Effectively, if these two stay on board, they will be given peerage. Which will be the twisting stone, because we've heard bad. We've heard that the Bashno offered more, but the uh, Earhart... Yeah, yeah. They, so they obviously the that's Earhart. why. So that would be the twisting, that's why they went with the Earhart. Though it's odd. Because, well, Castellan's human. Yes. And so is Bjorn. Mm. But he's not Earhart. No. Um, which is odd, really. And, like, Skern's not there, but that's odd. Um, I'm going to study the seal... Make a sketch of the seal. Mm-hmm. Um, On what? Uh, don't I have paper somewhere? You could steal some. There's plenty of paper in this chair. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to take one of the less important-looking documents. It's like a food order form. Yeah, right. That'll do. And I'm going to sketch the seal on the back. Okay. Um, and then I'm going to leave the letter back, and I'm going to shut everything. Shut the chest. Well, that was included. Roll me a deck save. Oh, oh come on. 25. I think at the last second you're like, oh wait, when I unlock the chest, the, the magic thing stopped and you're like, oh fuck, <laughs> it's too late. And you just bolt and do like a tumble. And as this thing just kind of kind of it lands like almost like one of those chests with like the hydraulics that sort of, not, not a chest with hydraulics, but you know those things that sort of just ease down into yeah, the lock and yeah. go click? Uh, 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 yeah, yeah, that sort of thing. A, a car door. Yeah, like that real boot, gentle like click. You just make it over the edge <laughs> as you feel that oppressive, like, magical feeling just land back in the room. And you're like, I could have died. <laughs> because you're pretty certain that, you're pretty certain those wards would have killed you. I'm glad I didn't. All right. So I'm going to carefully listen out to hear if I can hear anything from the hall. You hear a snore. All right, I'm going to gently unlock the door very carefully. Yep, yep. Not unlock, but open, sorry. Yeah, there's no one in the open hallway. Roll me a stealth check to get out. Yep. 23. You managed to steal back outside. I'm going to infiltrate back into the crowd and start cheering like I've been there the whole time. Yep. Abella, you melt back into the crowd and you arrive just in time to see Charlie being held aloft by Bjorn, who intends to break him. Ooh. Yep. Don't let him throw you over your uh, his back. Do I get to make a uh, save against this? Yeah, yeah, it's your turn. You can use your action to break the grapple. It's an opposed check, so you use strength athletics or dex acrobatics to break it. Uh, 23 or 26. Call it an opposed round. Yeah, you slip out. So he's... He manages to grab you, like, he, he. I think he's brought your your ch- head down to his chest mm. and he's basically grabs you underneath and he's about to, like, lift you over. And as he does, I'm imagining you probably, like, throw yourself up a little bit. Uh, if he's got me by the head as he's yeah. lifting me, Charlie would shift his weight yeah. and sort of, like, shift a shoulder to push that grip down yeah. a bit yeah. so his head can pop out, shift his weight and put a boot on the back of Bjorn's head and yeah. sort of, like, step off his head behind him. Right. Um, yeah, he 
turns and faces you and looks very unhappy about the situation. So much so that he's going to throw three wild haymakers at you. I'm going to roll these together. Okay. Not one of them was over 10, so he does not hit you on any of them. God. Uh, I, I think with the blood in his eyes, he misjudges them all, and he just throws them at you all the while, roaring like a lunatic. Uh, Charlie, it is now your turn. Charlie closes his eyes and just sort of, like, exhales. And the Matrix wobbles. Anyways... <laughs> <laughs> I hope the queen's not watching this. <laughs> um, I think that gets like a cocked ear from Bjorn. Like, mm? That's a 17 plus, so 25. Yeah, that hits. So Charlie dashes in as he sort of brings up his fist. He actually brings up his leg and stomps the side of Bjorn's Ooh, knee. Oh, nasty. Um, to try and shift his weight down. Um, six points of damage. Mm -hmm. And give me a dexterity save. Sorry. That's 23. Yeah, so, okay. So he doesn't fall prone, but drops his shoulder as he's shifting his weight to throw an uppercut into, like, his just meaty part of his face. That's not going to hit... That's a 22. That hits. Um, and give me a constitution saving throw. That's my last key point. He fails. So he's stunned. Hey. Yep. Um, so that strike slams him in the back of the head as he's on that weird angle. And then Charlie twists his feet to build some tension and then snaps it and sort of releases it like a spring with a heavy punch again to sort of the base of the skull but in the meat of the neck. That's 20, yeah, so that's, 19 plus yeah, yeah. 8, 27. That's that hits. Hit. Yep. All those damages. Four, so 11 points of damage as that's, yeah, that sort of coil unwinds and he punches him in the back of the head. Give me that um, dexterity save. That he fails. That he fails and falls face first into the ground, into the mm. earth. So, Bjorn goes down face first into the mud and does not move. Quiet falls over the crowd as they see you standing triumphant, Charlie. And after a moment, you see the Jarl move slowly to get back up. And then he just gives in and sinks back down. And you can hear his muffled laughter from where he lays as he raises a hand and waves you off in a gesture of accepted defeat. Then Scan goes in to sort of resolve the situation and sort of, good job, nicely done. And, and, so, Vine! Oh yeah, and the guy throws it. I catch it, then roll the yarl over. Uh, he's grinning like a lunatic. <laughs> and I look down at him and I go... <laughs> <laughs> I, make, I, I hold out a hand for him to, uh, to help him up. Um, he actually moves the big meaty fist to the opposite side and moves it out of the way and extends it to Charlie. Charlie reaches down and smiles as he goes, Well, I'll tell you what, this is my favourite story. <laughs> this will be a fine tale for the saga. Scan gives him the wineskin. Oh, yeah, he just drinks it and goes, You are lucky I was tired, Strogar. If I were full of pep and vigor, I would have crushed you. 
You're lucky I'm still drunk. <laughs> he loves that response. What is life without battle and women and wine? Come, strong arm, let us make merry. Would he be sort of guest of honor now at this point? Is yeah, yeah, he's at the right hand of the aisle. Damn it. I, 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 so I, I, I'd give him a little clue in on the... Mm. So... The Yarl is probably going to be fucking cool with you now. So run that for all it's worth, dude. He he's, he wouldn't take offense at you trying to milk that shit. Um, that's kind of the deal. So good on you. Well done. Okay. Um, and I, I make a fist to pound it. And then I go, actually, wait, no. <laughs> Fuck well, Charlie does it gently, <laughs> but like his knuckles are open and bleeding. Yeah. Like, you can like, see a couple of the bones, like, which sort of reminds him of his grandfather. And um, we, we pound it. <laughs> yeah. Ah, granddaddy. And I remember Sken, how you bled. walks back. Skin walks towards the ring, rubbing Charlie's blood on his own knuckles. And going's like, "You there? You sub y'all, yeah? Let's go." He's like, <laughs> "What?" <laughs> With the rest of the night, what are you guys going to do? Um, if if more fights happen, then Skin's up for a, a, yep. a fight as well. He's like, cool. we're, "We're visiting," and this actually really makes him pretty homesick. Hmm. He's like, this is actually like shit. I haven't seen anything like this since I was at home. And whilst I, he doesn't need to know I'm from Land at Last, and I'm sure as shit not mentioning my sister, this is hmm. uh, <laughs> this is this is still pretty cool. And Bjorn is is Scan's kind of dude. Yeah. Um, and the Yarl has another couple of bouts and decimates everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> and he's still pissing blood. Like he's just yeah. like, oh, I'll get up and have a fight. Ha ha. And then just. And destroys him. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'd go for any lieutenant, any yep. any sub y'all. Um, we're just going to roll straight athletics opposed to okay. this to see who wins. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, Beaten eleven. Okay, let's try. Eight plus five, thirteen. Yeah, it's a pretty close fight, but you eventually win. You knock him out cold. Yeah. <laughs> Yawn raises a glass to you and then drains it and, and then raises another and one. And I, I gesture for a flagon and raise it to the Jarl. Yep. And then I pour out half of it on the floor, looking, making eye contact with him as in, this is to you, Jarl. He's and, very pleased. With and this. then drain the rest. All right. And this continues for most of the night. Um, Charlie would hang around for the, like... Once the Yarl got to so drunk, he shouldn't be alive drunk. Because Charlie will be, like, <laughs> drinking along but not getting hammered. He's oh. actually re surprisingly restrained. He doesn't go for any of, like, the spirits. He's just beer. Yeah, he like, does, he does knock back two wine skins. Yeah. But he was also in a fight. So Charlie sort of... Charlie's, like, drinking to be sober the next day. Yeah, yeah. Um, And then basically when... When he's able to, and he when he doesn't feel like it's going to be a an insult, he would actually head off back to the garden and and sleep, mm. like sort of get back into that comfortable position where he just sort of probably sort of mm, talked to George in his head as he fell asleep. Castellan returns at about the equivalent of like 11 p.m., winding down but still pretty rowdy. A couple of really grim-faced soldiers accompany him, and he sort of just looks over at the the party and kind of just is beggared <laughs> by the whole thing. Looks at Bjorn and just goes, and then <laughs> he goes over to you, Nezor, and he goes, "I have 
paperwork to deal with this evening. I was going to have a conversation with Mr. Thiefersen. Oh. Mm-hmm. But instead, I think we will take tea in the morning. Can you inform him that I expect to see him at roughly ten bells? I can organize that. Thank you. Oh, and uh, I will in- I will instruct the Bateman to um, convert the sitting room you were into a, a sort of barracks. Sure. You can sleep there tonight. It sounds, it sounds reasonable. I think these two will, gesturing over to them, crash anywhere at the moment, so hmm. not a problem. So... Castellan very quickly quits the field. Is would he would 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 Bjorn have brought his daughter because why not? Or was it's very common for raiding clans to bring children with them. No, not necessarily as young as Mary. That's a little. And bit also, odd. like because daughters or sons, it's not that big a deal. No, but um, it's, it's it's so it's it's the youth more than anything else. Mm. So scam would if anything, scam would be like sort of. So, what's if if Scan had a moment with Bjorn, he would say he would ask him, "What's the deal with why are you wanting why are you punishing Castellan?" I mean, it's, like, would he be aware that it is a punishment? Because Castellan views Castellan certainly views it as a punishment. But like it's, Bjorn, Bjorn would probably view it as an honor. Yes, and I think that's the disconnect. And I don't think that you actually need to have a conversation to no. kind of get that idea. Because I've only just sort of I've yeah. talked that through myself. But I'm just sort of like. Scan goes, Scan, if anything, Scan would be like, good dude, y- your man, Castellan, is a good, solid boy, yeah? He drinks too much. He worries over such tiny little things. <laughs> that is the problem in these lands. But his thinking keeps the gold flowing into my coffers, so I keep him around. Mm, you show him honor. Yes, I do. Don't I? With the daughter. Yes, one day Mary will be a fine warrior. She will be at my side, and so will he. I did wonder at that. He seemed... Oh, it's nothing. I'm going to say at the end of the night, as apart from Charlie, I assume, um, you all end up back into this... You're, you're all either brought or dragged or whatever. Guided by Guided. me while I'm, I tell I'm not, them. I, I, yeah. I'm not getting fucked. And you're basically given a billet. And I inform everyone. Yeah. yeah. Except I'm assuming Charlie's going to spend that till the break of dawn out the back. Yeah, Charlie basically gets his sleeping roll sort of thing, puts it down, sits under the tree and just sort of, you know, after all of the, you know, after the awful things of using his elbows and stomping Mm. on a person's knee and whatnot, (laughs) um, he sort of re-centers back to, Mm. like, settles himself down and, yeah, I, you know how you sort of like reason your actions out with, you know, so like he's yeah. sort of yeah. he's av- as if he's having a conversation with you. You fight or fight, you're calming it down. Mm. And he's sort of like, you know, like that whole like, yes, I know I did. Yes, I know. I mean, that's not the Queen's rules, but yeah. And then we'll like fall asleep sitting up, basically. Okay. I require from each of you a wisdom save. What? Oh. Hey, Matt. I am not proficient. Matt, with 20. <laughs> Nice. Guys. 17. Good. Eight. Uh, 24. Eight. Oh, God, eight. 24. Okay, Abella, your dreams yes. are racked with nightmares. You have the same recurring dream of your sister drowning in front of you and you're unable to save her. It's rude. 
that wakes you up a few times, so mm. you will not gain the benefit of a long rest. You will only have a short rest. Any abilities that require a long rest? So you have to have a long rest every 24 uh -huh. hours, okay. otherwise you get fatigued. Yes, but she she's having a long rest, but it is, in mechanically okay. speaking, a short rest. Sure. Um, however, the rest of you sleep fine. I may have been drunk. Uh, you have dreams of a recurring fist fight with larger and larger opponents until you win a Yaldum. Oh, cool. Charlie, <laughs> you dream of the good times with Gorgeous George. And it's of the early days. It's when you guys were just starting out, when he basically saw you fighting on the docks and approached you for the first time. All those good memories. Nezor, your dreams are a bit disturbing. Yeah, sounds about right. You are standing on the shores of a lake that is entirely placid. Whenever you turn to walk from the lake, you find yourself on the other side of the lake's shoreline. There are withered trees circling this place. You don't feel unsafe, and there's no creeping horror, but it is just strange. You feel as though you are drawn to this pool. Is it familiar at all? This place is in, like, tones of blacks and greys. There's no colour. It doesn't feel familiar. You don't know where you are. Tell me what Nezor would think of this. It's one of those things where, like, does he know it's a dream? I think he suspects it's a dream. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, cool, this is either a dream or someone's put me in a dreamlike state. So either there's something I'm supposed to do here or I can just experience it for what it is. Can I throw something into it? So I want to I wanna try and skip a rock across it, um, mostly just to kind of see if anything happens. Okay. I want to cast Prestidigitation on, like, a fairly largest rock I can find. Um to like put a symbol on it? Uh, you find you don't even have to draw from your arcane reserves. You sort of just like, you look at the ground trying to pick a rock and you go, oh, there's the rock I want. Cool. And it's already there. Cool. And it's got a symbol on it now. Just literally. What's just the a, symbol? Um, like a circle with like two dots in it. Okay. Um, and then I'm going to skip that across. All right, roll me a dex check. Uh, that's a nine. The rock sinks about a third of the way across. And then the placid lake begins to bubble and roil. Have you had dreams where you'll walk through into a room and then, like, the edges of the place you just came from kind of disappear from your yeah. mind? That's what's happening to this place. Like, you're suddenly unable to hold the conception in your mind. But before you wake, the last thing you see is a shape beneath the lake beginning to rise. Hi everyone, it's Matty, your Dungeon Master. I hope you're enjoying episode 21 of There Be Dragons. I've got a few things I'd like to talk to you about today. But the first is we'd love to give a shout out to Variant Ventures. Variant Ventures is a group dedicated to cultivating a community of creators, artists, and players focused in tabletop roleplay games. They seek to enhance the experience of the hobby and create an open and safe space to grow. The Artisans Guild is open and active with digital art, crochet creations, dice making, chainmail, writers, and more. Their code of ethics and contact info can be found at variant-ventures.com. That's variant-ventures.com. And hey, if you're out on the internet checking out websites, you know who else you should also check out? 
That's right, it's Nerds of the West. Nerds of the West is a board game live streaming and YouTube channel community. You should check out their stuff. They play all kinds of board games and have a fantastic time doing so. And because this is coming out in October, of course, we got to talk about the spookiest board game that you possibly could encounter, which is, of course, Atmosphere. Atmosphere has been live streamed by the nerds only recently. You can check that out at their Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash nerds of the West. Now, for those of you who are looking to support the podcast in a more direct fashion than just listening to ad space you can now do so at patreon.com slash there be dragons that's right we have launched a patreon and we would like to take a moment to say a very special thank you to our first patron michael thank you so much for supporting the podcast every dollar that comes our way goes towards making the podcast bigger and better in every single way it can be done at the moment we have a three dollar five dollar and ten dollar tier now each of those comes with perks and i won't bore you too much with the details other than to say anyone who decides to support the patron will get a special thank you in the ad space and that doesn't matter what level that you decide to support us on the three dollar tier is just your way of throwing us a few bucks for what you think is a fantastic show which means a lot to us but the five dollar tier will allow you to have access Access to a completely ad-free version of the podcast and you will get the episodes three days prior to the public release. On top of that, if you're feeling really generous and would like to donate $10 a month to help support the podcast, you will get access to a, an exclusive side-along lore podcast called There Be Dragons Origins Westfall. It is the first in a side-along lore series that will involve the 600 years of the House of Westfall's history, which of course is our very own Ryland Westfall's great noble house. Uh, we have already recorded a few episodes and we are busily working away getting those things polished and edited and ready to go out. The episodes themselves run off a homebrew system that was designed by yours truly. It's a little bit Calvin Ball and it's based on a few other systems which I go into more detailed with with the session zero which explains the mechanics. If you just rather listen to us create a history of an ancient and venerable house then just skip ahead to episode one when those episodes drop and you'll get to learn a little bit about the first Lord of Westfall, Torsten Westfall. Uh, it's been a lot of fun recording this with Karen. She and I have been doing a deep dive into the early history of Urhart, and this is a fantastic little window into the world. If lore with a slight roleplay element tickles your fancy, do consider dropping that $10 pledge on Patreon to check that out. We'll of course notify you all through Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook when that goes live so that you don't jump the gun, as it is a side-along podcast and we're fitting that in with the rest of our schedule. But if you support us, that means that we can edit things a bit faster. So consider checking out the Patreon today. Lastly, just wanted to say a very quick thanks to those of you who have sent us through a few more questions for the mailbag episode, but unfortunately we did not get around to answering them. Uh, we will be doing another mailbag episode, but unfortunately it will not be for a little while yet. We're trying to make those more of a milestone-based thing. And of course, those of you who support us on the Patreon will get access to those episodes like you would the rest of the episodes three days before anyone else on the public feed. That's just our little way of saying thank you for supporting us and giving you uh, some value for money. So that's about it for this episode's ad break. Let's get back to the story in progress. And hey, thanks for listening. Nezo, you awaken in pre-dawn light. You're pretty certain it's probably about five bells. And uh, you see Abella kind of like squirming in her sleep. And then you see Scan with a big goofy grin on his face. You also see Frosh in the corner. He looks like he's sort of like, you know those dog dreams where they're chasing things? Yeah, go on. Sex dream! Yeah, he is. He looks like he's defending himself. Like it's dog dreams, you know? Yeah. 
Um, little little gouts of flame are <laughs> coming out of his mouth every now and then, but then it's like the instant burn. No, there's yeah. no heat. Is it? Is it cute? It's actually not cute. It's oh. um, there's like a guttural growl with it. Sounds a bit cute. Yeah. <laughs> Tiny. Sounds so cute. I guess it would be like watching a really pissed off chihuahua. <laughs> yeah, that's adorable. Like, yeah. But but like, and like an ugly, a kind weird of a alien feral. Way. Like it's. I guess it's objectively cute if you looked at it, but yeah. like it's not an. It's, you know he's not, not having. Ex- nearby. Yeah, exactly. He's not having a pleasant experience. You also notice that Scan's hair has regrown. Well, of course. And yeah. the, the smell. That's not surprising. The smell is back, and it's worse than it was before. The, the sm- oh, that's interesting. It's worse. Like you've kind of gotten to terms with it. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's like it's like I've noticed it again. Yeah, it's like it changed slightly. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's got a sweaty element to it now that it kind of didn't have before, so. or more so even. Would Nezor be attempting to go back to sleep? Yeah, I think he's curious, and I feel like yesterday would have been fairly taxing. Yeah, it was. Um, so I think he, even if he didn't want to, he probably would fall asleep. But I think he, he would still want to. So it's not hard to get to sleep. Surprisingly, um, uh, but your dreams are nothing special. Okay. So can I? After after a couple times of waking up, I would like to do a thing. Sure. Um, so after waking up a few times, Abella would um, find a piece of paper and start writing the sentence. Um, the quick onyx goblin jumps over the lazy dwarf, trying to emulate the writing from the prince. Oh, interesting. Are you trying to emulate the signature or the actual content of the document? Content of the document. Okay. Uh, roll me... Hmm. You have forging, You have a forgery kit, <coughs> don't you? Uh, I have a general thief kit. I think a sleight of hand is a good, cho- okay, good cool. choice. Cool. Uh, ten. It's not bad. You're, you're close, but it doesn't, it don't, it's not matched up perfectly. You kind of, you've got the shape of the Qs mm-hmm. and the Ms... This is something I'd keep trying until it works, so do you want me to just keep... I will allow you to do one more roll. Okay. You may do it at advantage, though. Oh, good, because that's a two. Yeah. You actually get it worse. Ah, yes. Good. Um, 21. Yeah, it, it takes... You've probably been awake all up for about three hours on and off trying this out. And you think about by the end of the third hour, if at a push, if you had a moment to sit quietly somewhere, you could probably do a pretty decent copy of this without too much effort. Cool. Charlie. Yes? You have a leaf in your mouth and the sun's shining on your face. Was that deliberate? What sort of leaf is it? Probably one from the tree. What tree was this again? The one you're seeing. There's sort of like a willow. Did you go bronchosaurus during the night? Just to see if this is an adult (laughs) leaf. (laughs) That's a 14. Yeah, you should totally eat it. (laughs) That was a 14 nature check. Yeah, it's fine. It's a leaf. It's not poisonous. Neat Yep. Get your greens. And sort of, yeah, wakes up and then all... Sort of look at the sun, go, oh, yes, about that. Like, you know, wakes just with the sun and does his push-ups and pull-ups on the tree branch. Mm-hmm. Once I've done my morning routine, because I would be up with the sun, so by 30... I guess. It's around that time, yeah. Um, and Charlie would search out the Bateman because he has a plan. Well, the Bateman's pretty easy to find. He's got a little, like, alcove he sleeps in in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. He looks very drunk. He's got a bottle in one hand that's by his side. He's snoring quite heavily. His normally quite fastidious appearance is 
quite dishevelled. His uniform hangs limply on him. Okay, then. I'll do a... No, I'll, I'll have a look around and sort of see. So, like, cooking-wise, there's, like, grills and... This place looks like it probably would have had at least two chefs working in it. Mm. And, like, there's somewhere where the, the food would be stored, I oh, guess. Oh, there's a, there's a larder. Like, yeah, okay. Like, to where the, the alcove is. Charlie will sort of look at him and pull the bottle out of his hand, put it on the counter away from him, um, and I'll fire up the grills myself then, I guess. And, um, heat some water up. Yep. Slowly bring some water to the boil as well. So this is a, these are all coal-fire stoves. It takes a little bit to get, mm-hmm. but you're able to get it, figure it out once you work out effectively where everything is. And so about half an hour later, you've got a warm breakfast, or two warm breakfasts ready to go. Yeah, I would, just before the breakfasts are finished, I would... Um, Dump the boiling water on the bacon. <laughs> I would... <laughs> <laughs> He's still sleeping, is he? It's light sleep. It's definitely light sleep. Charlie will pinch his nose, like... Burp. He snorts and goes and wakes up and flinches back as he looks at this looming giant. And the smell of cooking flesh. A spoon falls from one of his um, (laughs) sleeves. (laughs) Charlie will be like, I I see you uh, didn't quite get the subtleties of my conversation yesterday. He's just blinking at you with that sort of half awake, half terrified, also kind of drunk. I'll sort of, eyes. again, put my hand on his shoulder and go, put the cutlery back before I tell Bjorn or Castellan, who would probably be worse to find out, do you reckon? He doesn't really respond with words. He responds with a gurgle. Mm, go, <laughs> either way, put them back, stop stealing, it's not becoming, and do me a favour, fetch, scan the uh, half-elf for me. Bring him to the garden. Thank yep. you. So, yeah, he, he gets up at that, does his best to put himself in order, takes, like, probably half the cutlery cupboard and puts it back on the counter and that little bowl that he had before that he had the ice in, um, a few other pieces, bits and pieces. And Charlie would pick up the two plates yep. and the boiling water and head out to the garden and sort of, I get like, two plates and the boiling water on, like, his arms and his hand yep. and drag, like couple of chairs out to the little sitting table area. Scan, you're probably sleeping closest to <clears throat> There is a on the door to your room. Oh, um, hmm. huh? What? Uh, oh, there am I. Hmm. What? Uh, hmm. Scan, you stink. <laughs> Sorry, but it's true. Guys, this is it's starting to be really hurtful. Oh. <laughs> Uh, the door cracks open and this light comes in from, like, a ah, candle. Ah. And he goes, My apologies, sirs, but uh, the large man wishes to Am see I you scared in the garden. He yeah. has prepared a breakfast. Ah, all right then. Crush! Crush is rolling around on the ground. <laughs> oh, he's heavy. Oh, oh. Is there... Oh no, this is a bad one. I am, uh, hmm, wait. And I get out, I get uh, some jerky out of the pocket of my mm-hmm. jacket. And I kind of, like, it, it not, like, do the action you would to garrot somebody, but over his nose. Right. Sort of try and smother him with the smell of meat. Um, and um, all the while patting his back. Roll me an animal handling with advantage. Uh, we will take the first one. 19. He wakes up that, like, 
pupil slit, like super dilated into a sharp look. He almost bites your finger <laughs> and you get... Like, oh, oh, oh. Mm. Charlie has made us bacon. <laughs> if Charlie hasn't made us bacon, I'm going to be very upset with him. I think there is bacon. <laughs> then I, I scoop him up yeah. and I plonk him on my shoulder, give him another strip of jerky and mm. go down the corridor to the... Uh, you get like the feeling of, ah, oh, finally, I'm being paid my due <laughs> from, from Frosh. Um, so I actually, I then scoop him off my shoulder and hold him more like a cat. Mm-hmm. And I'm Dr. Evil's cat and sort of pat him as we go. He is much more happy about this situation. Okay. Uh, he, he, wraps, he, a, wraps his, uh, he wraps his tail around the fo- my forearm. Yeah. I think he's got like a little trill under his... Oh, yeah. Like a, yeah. under his jaw. Um, <laughs> the Bateman stays behind and looks at you, Abella, and then looks at you, Nezra, and goes, do either of you have any spirits on you? <laughs> <laughs> no. The only man who probably did has just walked out the door. <laughs> only if by spirit you mean my natural pep. Ha! Huh. is a little delirious from not having a lot of sleep. <laughs> Should I bring a wash basin for you? You look dishevelled, madam. I am at the top of my game, but thank you and I appreciate your work. In the garden, Charlie, what have you been doing? So Charlie would have the basically the... Um, the two breakfasts plus a small wee plate with some assorted meats. Like, sort of basically bacon and sausages, but they're not as cooked as, like, not edible for human. And he's just checking on the tea. He's got the, um, he's got his tea set out. Um, so the nice, the nice tea set and the cracked cups in front of him. So he's just checking the, that the tea is brewing and he's, of his, he's got his nice tea set out with the uh, the chipped cup. Well, it was the, part, of him. A part of it. It wasn't in the best of shape. The teapot's okay, but the mm. end of the spout has kind of snapped off a little bit. Yeah. So it's not. No one part of this is in perfect working order, but collaboratively it works. It's he's like would have spent time with say like a a semi coarse cloth polishing the end of this the spout so that it's not rough and like his there's pants not or something. bits don't fall into it. Oh like a, a kerchief or something. Yeah. Just to make sure that anything loose won't come off yeah. or not here. He has plans to get it fixed at some point. But yeah. Well all the pieces are in the little bag that you had. That anything that's yeah. not whole he has uh, kept. Hmm. Um but yeah and he's he's got Duchess as I pass through the kitchen, I look at, I see a bottle on the table. Yeah. What? What is it? Some kind of moonshine, something that does. It doesn't have a label. It's I a, sniff it, um, and trying to determine. It's like potatoey smell. Um, I look around the kitchen and see if there's anything better. Uh, roll me a perception check. Uh, six, seven, <laughs> from a nat one. <laughs> um. I, I take the rod gut. <laughs> well, I was going to say, there is there is another... There is, like, a small shelf which has a number of, like, different clear glass bottles on it, and some of them have the look of being filled with some kind of liqueur. I, I go up to that and sniff a couple of them. I'm looking. They all smell alcoholic. That's good. Um, could, I, could I find one rummish? Rummish? Rum-ish. They're all kind of similar in smell. Some of them are a little, a little citrusy. Others are a little bit minty. 
I'll go with the mint one. Yeah. The vaguely minty ones. Yeah. Citrus would be alright with tea. Yeah. You put like yeah. lemon or you can put it's like Earl Grey. No, no, fuck it. Yeah, let's take a citrusy one. Deconstructed I'm looking for an orangey, citrusy sort of a one here then. Um, there's one that it's not so much orangey as it's sort of a like a like a really sweet apple. That'll do. Yeah, fuck it. Why not? That'll be fun. Yeah. You know when you bite into one of those green apples, it's really like sweet and it's like sharp. Yeah. It's that smell. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> sour um, monkey. Good cider. If you've yeah. ever been unfortunate enough to drink sour monkey. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, gra- I grab one of the citrusy ones. I grab yeah. the apple one and, um, yeah, I, 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 and I take the rock gut just in case, mm-hmm. and I, I, I head outside with the two under, and uh, is there... I, I've probably seen Charlie outside yeah. and been like, oh, I'm going to need a bottle of something for this. Yeah. Um, and uh, I grab the two bottles and, and head out. So when Scan walks out, Charlie would sort of stand up and go, Oh, good morning. Good morning. Please, please, have a seat. Hi, how did you uh, turn out after last night? Oh, perfectly well. <laughs> it's wonderful sleep. Wonderful. Beautiful out here. What about yourself? Um, <clears throat> yeah, one of the nicest night's sleep I've actually had in a long time. Good dreams. Good, good. Please, do sit down. Nezzo, uh, Nezzo? Scan? sits down, looks at the cracked tea set and waves his hand and casts minor illusion and makes it look pretty. What are you trying to do? As in try and, like, remove, uh, like, superimposes a, 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 uh, an image of not cracked on the tea set. On the tea set? Okay. Um, there's no requirement for you to do that? No... No rolls or anything? No, no yeah, just, that's I just, fine. I just make an image. Uh, um, it's not permanent, but it looks... Yes, um, thank you. Oh, would you like some tea? I wouldn't mind some. Sorry. What's in the pot? Oh, hard grey, of course. <laughs> I'll allow it. <laughs> oh, and he'll, he'll pour you a cup. Uh, I, take a, I take a sniff, then I take a sip. It smells and tastes like raspberry cordial. Oh. Oh, hard grey. Extra hot. <laughs> um, oh. Is it true or liking? It's just not what I was expecting. Well, I took uh, you for someone who tried to fancy something a little bit more bitter. I mean... That's not a problem. It's very pleasant. I just... It, it's not what I expected. Okay, when you taste it, this is not a heart grey. This is some kind of raspberry flavouring. Oh! Oh! What? Oh! This is... Like, Sorry. Sort I'm, of checking the teapot. <laughs> Teapot's fine. It's just like no oh, check in fuck. the teapot. Sorry, check in the teapot. Yeah, no, it's a red cordial now, like a hot red cordial. How? It was my tea bag. Like oh, my, my bad. I turn off the. <laughs> I turn off the minor illusion. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, sure I was, I was trying to be nice. <laughs> I, I appreciate. I appreciate the sentiment. I um. Hmm. Okay. Um. Yes. Look, I could probably. Non magically fix at least one element of this, and I get out the rot gut. <laughs> Pour just a tipple into each. I look at him and say, No, no, I'll, very well. I'll, I'll brew some more tea later. <laughs> um, and please eat. And, and sort of he gestures to the, the meats on the side for. Yeah, Crosh has probably like leapt down Scan's arm already and is just having at that. So while Scan and Charlie break their fast, Abella and Nizzle, what are you up to? Hey, Nizzle. You up? It can be. What time do you reckon it is? You hear six, seven, good, thank you. you hear <laughs> six bells, child. 
Somewhere oh, in the it's house. so early. Yeah, it is. Um, there's nothing going on today. Like, I'm sure we'll find something to do eventually. But well, I've, I mean, I've got I've got a meeting. I'm meeting up with that chick from. Oh. Yeah, that's that's, that's a little bit more interesting than sitting around here. But it's not till noon, so we got like six hours. So, but if you look, if you want to bail and get some breakfast, yeah, I mean, if you need help with that later, I'm sure we could head no, out into look, the city and see all, what happens. First of all, let's find some breakfast here, okay. and then let's head out. Okay, sounds. So I'm going to say this is probably a couple of minutes after Scan got up and left. As you walk out to look into the rest of the house, you see from the wing of the house that was basically set up to be like the war room. You see just a, probably about 12 to 20 different, you're guessing officers, like they're giving you that vibe, just mm -hmm. file out all at once. They're all holding sealed envelopes um, and they've got very grim faces on. You don't recognise any of these people from the night before, not that you probably would have really recognised a heap of them, mm -hmm. but they look clean cut, fresh, like they've been recently summoned and your guess, your immediate guess is they've been given dispatch orders. Mm. Does the seal on the envelopes look familiar at all? Am I close enough to tell? Uh, it's just a wax seal. It's got a shield shape on it. Like it's, it's, These are the red shields, aren't they? Yeah. Red shields? Yeah, that's the name of the mercenary band is the red shield. Oh, uh, right, right, right. Okay. Mm. So they all file out and leave, and then you can kind of smell the remnants of the cooking, hmm. and you find the kitchen. While you're looking for something to eat, you notice through the window in the kitchen that out in the garden, Charlie and Scan have sat down for a small tete-a-tete. -tete. I think they're having a discussion. One, that I... No, I'm not going to go to the I think I'm perfectly happy here in the kitchen. This Coincidentally, Nezor, my with friend. All the food. Do you know what else is in the kitchen? Food. There's food, food here. You're completely correct. We came to the right place. We did. I'm going to eat some food. And offer some to Nezo, obviously. Yeah, we'll just we'll just find some food. So, I must be honest. I did bring you here with uh, with a bit of a malice of intent. Oh, not malice. No. <laughs> um. And Charlie sort of puts, you know, he takes a mouthful of the sausage and goes, mm, yes. His table manners are not as effete. Hmm. And will probably he's got both elbows on the table. He is tucking in, and is there is there is chomping. There is appreciative noises. Rosh is attempting to eat Charlie's meal. <laughs> Charlie won't. Scan scan grabs Rosh and then um, slices off a couple more pieces of sausage from his plate and it's like no. <laughs> Well, there's not like tea. a nice not tea. hallmark out of one of Charlie's sausages. He has not, however, replaced the sausage. <laughs> like, no. Oh, no, 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 it's, yes. You've um, hung out with this guy for like a month Exactly, now. <laughs> yeah, like, sort of lays a cutlery down um, and looks at you and goes, so, since, since we've left Areem, and I hope you would agree, I think between yourself and I, we've made... Some pretty poor decisions. At this point, Scan sort of puts his cutlery down and leans back and goes, I don't think that's unfair to say. These decisions, I, again, feel have put some... Strain? Uh, that's, a, that's a very gentle way to put <laughs> it. Um, strain on relationships in the group, mm. not just between yourself and I. No, I would agree with this. I 
Though it may not seem that way. I genuinely enjoy uh, the company of, of everyone, especially yourself. I propose that me and you work together to hold each other accountable for the decisions that we make and strive to to think about other people before we make those decisions. Does that seem fair to you? Of course, this isn't me trying to turn you into an Erhard gentleman or to, <laughs> to remove anything that, that you know, is your charm. Just more hoping to... Make me a bit more of a team player. That's one way to put it, yes. Just how... How much of a shot do you really think we would have had at dealing with uh, all of those druids? Honestly. Do you think we would have come out of that unscathed? How do you think young Nezor would have done in a situation like that? Or Abella? As he finishes that question, you see Buck naked, Bjorn just wander past and go into the pond. Morning! I would say an illic as well. Mm. Um... <clears throat> My response to that one is, oh, Charlie, without wanting to get into the, the nitty-gritty of I told you when you did this and whatever, uh, I didn't know any of the rest of you were there when I started that. I'm not trying to bring up... I do apologise if it seems like I'm, I'm attacking you. I made a decision knowing full well that everyone was there to, to start a conflict with that bird. We could have lost anybody mm. to that bird. So this isn't me blaming you. This is me trying to... Um, put it in a way that might be no, no. more accessible. Here's, here's where I'm coming from on this one, Charlie. Um, this, this group was assembled to do a job. It was an illegal job. Um, shit happened. A couple of di guys died. And I'm okay with that. And I'm genuinely surprised when everybody appears not to be um, because we were hired to be criminals um, something that a couple of us already were um, and Charlie sort of like quizzically looks <laughs> at you I don't, I don't need to go into the nitty gritty of it but um, so we, we you have for whatever reason you have joined a group of essentially criminals and your moral compass is hugely respectable and honourable, and I, I do respect it, but it clashes somewhat with mine. I suppose it's partially my upbringing. The Illic is very much an eye for an eye. When there's so much fighting between tribes and so forth, law is not... Uh, but Law is a very movable target. Um, You're not in the North anymore. You I know. Understand that. I do understand that. Um, however, still, I have not found anywhere in the world that might does not make right. That being said, I do understand and I appreciate your, your compass. Um, and your point concerning my, uh, uh, concerning my decision-making process is not invalid. I, I feel like every time we start something or something gets started, we run away from it. And, yeah, that's a perfectly great way of staying alive. But sometimes, 
I'm not. I'm not saying this to disagree with you necessarily. I'm having. A, I think we're possibly having two different conversations. I. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I get with the druids, sure, and with the bird, sure. But that was because the group seemed to make the decision that it was an insurmountable foe. But if I remember correctly, we just did we went not, a little uh, half cocked with the bird. I think. Did we not murder a dragon man? As oh, you know, that worked out well. Yeah. And that was, we did great. That was an awesome time. We murdered a guy, though. Yeah. So, there's something that I feel like I'm getting from what you're saying is that you don't feel like I have your back in this. I suppose not. If I was to say, and you're not the only one, to be honest, there's a couple of, like, Nezzle's always good. You know Nezzle's safe. You never know where you stand with a Bella, but I think that's just basically a Bella's thing. Um, but I, it's with you, it's not a matter of trust. I definitely trust you. You are pers- probably the most trustworthy person I have ever met. Um, it's not. Ne- it's just that I don't necessarily trust that you... I can trust that I know what you're going to do. I just don't necessarily think it'll be the thing that I think you should do. <laughs> sure, but I can say the same too. Oh, absolutely. I'm sure you can. <laughs> My whole... The whole point of this conversation is that I will always have your back. I will always have everybody's back. If there is a moment where I need to defend you as friends, I will do so. I will not stand by while any of you are harmed. My concern is when we could make decisions that don't require me to get into a fight... Like, your decisions can lead to me having to get into a fight which is avoidable. Right. You'd rather I didn't get you in situations where you didn't have to have my back. I would rather not have to hurt somebody, but I will. Sure. If you're in danger, I will hurt people. I just don't enjoy it. The place where we need to come to an agreement is when is it okay? Just as uh, an example, not murder two people just because they had words written on a page. I, you, uh, I, sorry. I take the point rather than... Uh, sorry, I, I that, was a little, that was a little... It was a little on point. My apologies. Because I disagree with your interpretation of events on that one. That's why that event happened. And I think that's actually the issue between us. And I interpret it one way and you interpret it a different way. You think those people should have been killed. You know we have very, very scary paladins that enact judgment upon people for things like that, right? Sure. You're not one of them. No. And you doing that could bring that judgment not only on yourself, but on all of us. Mm. This, it, was a, it was a gut response to what I perceived as a very inherently unjust situation. I take your point, however, of the could have handled that better, could have dealt with it in a better way. That is certainly true. So what I would like, to, what I will say to you, Charlie, is before I do something that I think you might think is crazy, I'll give you a look. <laughs> and and you can nod or, or shake your head <laughs> I, uh, because I think you know me well enough to know exactly what I'm thinking when I give you that look <laughs> I'm yes like I'm not here to be my moral compass I'm not uh, yes I'm not here to tell expect you to be better I just want to breach the the subject that I'm not there is an opportunity to maybe remove some of the the strain in, in the party. Because I'm retired. Mm-hmm. I, I'm 
very interested in Dupree's offer. You see, I'm not. On a totally different subject, Dupree is a sketchy motherfucker. I would not touch that man with a barge pole. He is not... He has dicked me around so many times. Like, every single job he has offered me. Did you know that he wanted us to fix your fight? That's the second job he offered you. I was aware of that. Yeah. And we, we said no. The, the payment offered for the first job we did for him, the, the one that involved a bit of murdering, um, only part of it came through. When that payment did come through, it's wound up being pretty fucking inaccurate. I don't trust Dupree as far as I could spit. I just don't really want to be involved with that man anymore. I see, like, there was a, there's some... The last time we were involved in Dupree, we changed the fucking stars. The last time we were involved with Dupree, me and you changed the stars. That's what I said. Yes, not, not him. <laughs> no, no, no. But the last time he was involved, we changed the stars, yeah. His involvement had nothing to do with that. That was... Me and you playing around with something. He didn't ask us to do that. True, so but he I... was there. He was in a room where you can change the stars. Does that not interest... Is that not like peering through a window into a wonderland of things you've never seen before? I think something shouldn't be changed. The stars... You're a navigator, for fuck's sake. I, no, no, I understand that, but if we can change them one way, can we not change them back? I would like to do that, but then I'd like to leave them that way. Uh, no, I, I agree with you. My, the, I, I feel like avoiding Dupree... I, as you've probably figured out, I'm very particular with... Who you hang out with? With certain, with certain traits... From what I've experienced with him, he's a typical high-born Erhard gentleman. He's the... He's the... the that doesn't sorry, make me typical, any more inclined I, to trust the man. I understand that, but at the moment he, he stabs... If he stabs us in the back, I feel like maybe... And I wasn't here for this, but maybe it might be just some levels of misunderstanding, just as me and you have had. At this point, Bjorn comes out of the lake, walks up to you, fully unclothed. And full mask? No, not full mask. No, He's been in cold, cold water, man. He's probably not. Um, and mask. leans over your shoulder scan and takes the last sausage from Frosh's plate and begins to eat it and goes, Ah, I am refreshed. Nothing like a good bath in the morning to get the blood pumping. How are you this morning, strong arm, Felsmar? Harry. Harry. Must be all that drinking you've been doing. <laughs> and he thumps you and you feel like you've been walloped. And then I offer him the bottle of Rodka. Yeah, he just takes it and starts swigging. He goes, well, two warriors in a match of wits, it seems. I will go now. I have a city to pillage. That you do, sir. <laughs> he turns and he get, collects his clothes and starts getting dressed. Charlie, I appreciate very much the gesture. Aunt the intent. I thank you very much for your words. Aunt your breakfast. Rosh does as well. I take your point, and I honor you as a friend. As I say, I'll give you a look. That is the best I can really offer at this point. You and I, we have different ways of approaching things, and I will try to remember it when I judge your actions, and I hope you do, I ju you do so when you judge mine. Now, with that in mind, 
I take off my clothes, set myself on fire, burn off the hair, <laughs> and jump in the lake. <laughs> Bella and Nezor. Bjorn walks in. He's naked? naked. Mostly naked. He's not wearing a shirt. He's got that sort of like big, fat, hairy dude kind of look with tattoos. He's a bear. Well, it's a badger. But. He looks at both of you and goes, Food! It is food. And I gesture with, I think I'm holding like some kind of Danish. Bjorn just blinks at you and then repeats himself. Give your yarn food! I offer him the rest of the day. <laughs> he takes it, starts eating it. Yes, you have pleased your yard. <laughs> I do not remember an elven witch or a little man working for me. Who are you? <laughs> we are strong arms companions. Oh, yes, I remember now. <laughs> strong arm is a mighty warrior. He would serve me well at my right hand. I will offer him the blood oath. To the Yarl of the Red Shield. Mm. And then just leaves. (laughs) That's not going to happen. Nah. (laughs) (laughs) He works for the (laughs) Earhart. Charlie's all down for that shit. That would be a great way back into the family's good books. And the first time Charlie refuses to kill a foe, he will be the least favourite. That's true. (laughs) Do we... Are we able to leave the house or are we still kind of... You can leave the house, but if you, uh, you get the distinct impression you would not be allowed to leave the grounds. Yeah. The Bateman stumbles in, goes to start pilfering, and then notices that you're there. Oh, don't stop on our accounts. Go for your life. Is the large man nearby? Uh, outside, but it's all right. I'll keep a lookout for you. You're good. Mm. <laughs> Where's that bowl? And he looks around. Damn it. Damn it. You good there, bud? You lost something? Or? Oh, uh, nothing. It's fine. <laughs> and then he just turns on his heel and leaves. <laughs> <laughs> he turns on his heel and leaves. Good shot! <laughs> Wonder if he knows any way out of here. Oh, shit. Uh, I'm going to run after him. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Did Matt bring this guy in for a reason? No. <laughs> He's um, polishing the picture frame in, a, in the hall just outside of the kitchen. I'm like, hey. Mm, mm, oh, yes. Question. And he's just hands straight away from the thing, turns and looks at you. Yes, miss. If I had to run a quick errand, is there a way I could leave or... Through the front gates? Why? What's the errand? Oh, I've just got to... I could run the errand for a small fee. Oh, huh. no, that's all good. No offence, I don't trust other thieves. Like, you seem cool, but, like, nah, we're good. Uh, he kind of looks at you and you're not sure if he's offended or he's just, like, embarrassed. <laughs> okay, champ. Uh, <laughs> what do you mean by other thieves? Are you, are you, just, he looks around, like, to see if the close skin gets, are you, are you stealing things from these people as well? I'm going to show him the tea party figure that I pilfered. And he's like, like, it's not even worth anything. I just like it. He gives you a sidelong glance and then says, call me Arthur. I could show you where the good stuff is. (laughs) So Charlie would, as he walks in, sort of put down some dishes and do a quick, like, of the knives and forks that are all being put there. Are they there? Do you want me to give you a perception check? Yeah, no, they're all there. Yeah. Um, 
He's going to be like... The only thing that's missing is a bottle of cleaning agent from one of the shelves. <laughs> <laughs> I did not uh. put it in a beverage. She <laughs> did. No, I didn't. I used the rock gut. Yeah. In the tea. Yeah, because it tasted uh, of raspberry. I wasn't going to put apple in that. Uh, okay. Um, I'm going to sort of say to the waiter, where's, where's Bjorn? Don't know. I passed him as he was buttoning his shirt in the hallway about... Five minutes ago, you he came through the kitchen. Did you see him? Yeah, he came through. Uh, I I trust that took, you took my see that everything is in order, sir. He says nervously, looking at like the. I just sort of like, I wouldn't know what you mean. <laughs> Quite, sir. <laughs> um, and Charlie will basically Charlie will try and see Bjorn, try okay. and catch Bjorn before he leaves. Bjorn is in the main atrium of the house, and he's talking to an officer uh, that you don't recognise. And he's just sort of, like, doing that whole thing of, like, scrunching his eyes up and leaning his neck in. So you are telling your Jarl, who set the mighty bonfire on his enemies, that you put the fire out. And the guy responds, So it was Commander Reed's orders. He arrived shortly after you left and demanded we put this fire out. Bjorn just stares at him. Like a man, it's like a man being told that there's no beer in the pub. You know, what trying I mean? to understand like I, how that's a thing that's possible. Like, yeah, yeah, like it's like I understand the words you're telling me, but that's not a thing that's possible. Everything it, about this makes me angry and upset. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean you ain't got no fucking chips? <laughs> I told you to burn them. Charlie's not going to interrupt. He's going to wait till the conversation finishes, and Bjorn's not. Yeah. You have displeased Uriel! He then backhands this soldier and storms off into the East Wing. Pestilin! So away from me? Or? Yeah. No, this is awkward. Um, uh, Should we follow? Or is no, this I'm not, really I'm not, nothing I'm not with you. I'm not, yeah, I'm not oh. with you, fellas. I'm trying to... Mm. I was I'm trying to talk to him. In this conversation um, in <laughs> I'm having a pastry. Uh, so the guy is a lieutenant then? The guy that just got caught. Yeah, he looks sweaty and cold. <laughs> I sort of go, excuse me, sir. Slightly dazed? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, um, who are you? Uh, I recognise you. Impossibly. Um, I, I don't wish... You're to... Charlie Roughhouse. Oh, there it is. <laughs> God, I watched you box in the Erhart League like three, four years ago. Uh, he looks around like for a piece of paper. Give me a second. I'll get one of my jewels to come. I'll just sort of reach into my pack and pull out a card. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, my uh, my kids won't believe this. <laughs> I'm like, um, how many? Kids? Can I shake your hand? <laughs> uh, how many children do you have? Oh well, I've got a daughter and a, a younger son. And I, you'll do another one and yeah. sort of give him two. Oh, He's gone from a real load, or put a hand out. But yeah. he's taking an um, <laughs> And when he like shakes his hand, he'll put a shoulder a hand on his shoulder as yeah. well. Like so, you hear a creaking oh. of bone on bone. <laughs> yeah. I think I think the weight is just like he's like, oh, it's another big person touching me inappropriately. It's it's gentle. Like yeah. it's not like no no. But like but there's yeah. a certain weight to like yes. large hands, regardless. Like, like when Josh falls asleep with his arm over me, and suddenly I can't <laughs> breathe properly. Yeah. Oh, like, after a heavy night of drinking. Yeah. Because like, there's a certain Normal type Josh. of limp that Josh goes, and I'm just like, oh. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's asleep. It's drunk. Sleep. <laughs> it's like less muscle. He goes, "What can I do for you, sir?" I um, 
I was hoping to go into the city, um, do a few errands. Is there, a, is there a way for me to get across? Do I just need to swim across? Like, um, Well, the floating market should be set up by now, so you should have a causeway across to the Tinker's Corner. You'd have to go by Farrier's Row. Uh, actually, um, in looks around, goes, let me, one second, and he ducks into the next room and he returns shortly with a map and he lays it out to you. So he shows you this map and he points at um, like a set of building on a, a set of buildings on uh, a built-up island, and then shows that if you cross over to another smaller island, which has another bridge that sort of breaches the the, the gap between the two, there's like another sort of more well-to-do area. And then there's this weird sketch on the map of what looks like a series of boats all sort of strung together, uh, and he goes, "That's the floating market. Um, that." will allow you to cross to the southern part of Ratu. Otherwise... Wonderful. And he's like, okay, well, I need to head out. Um, if anybody asks for me, that's where I'll be. And he, I, with the hand still on his shoulder going, and don't worry, I'm sure you're doing a wonderful job. And Thank, thank you. So are you... I'm not sure you have gone. permission... Oh. <laughs> and Charlie just sort of walks I to the front. To stop you, could I? Yeah. To the front air, like the gate, and sort of goes. Yeah. Like, is there boats there for me to like the no. floating markets reach there, or do I have to swim? Uh, you would no, no. Like you can cross over the bridges. It's like it's a fair walk. It'd be at least a half hour walk to get to where on the map okay. you saw they are. Because it's like it's two islands across. Yeah, sure. I am. Um, uh, Charlie, you've managed to find your way to Farrier's Row, which leads to the floating market. Farrier's Row is absolutely bustling with soldiers. There just doesn't seem to be much of an end of them. There's probably at least 3,000 of them in this area alone. And they all appear to be being sent on patrols into certain areas. The locals are pretty much staying inside their houses. Like, this is a sort of a well-to-do middle-class area. Hence its name. There's also quite a lot of like horseshoe blacksmithies and, and those sorts of things nearby. But there are a lot of carts that are being dragged with soldiers sitting in the back of them. Uh, there are soldiers marching around in formation, being sent into different uh, like sections of the town. But you see a number of officers with uh, this is documents that had like red seals on them, and they're reading out names. Oh, it's Johnson, Alvarez, that sort of shit, right? It's naming troopers and then reorganizing them into like smaller, yep. like five men squads. Fire team, if you will. Yeah. Are they hot? It's quite a lot of work, so yes, they're quite, they're working up a sweat. Charlie's sort of like strolling with the very animated arms and whistling to himself. You what? know that's not what she meant. <laughs> that's true, I did. Um, but yeah, you, Charlie, you, you. They're not paying any attention. Oh, yeah. As uh, Charlie's sort of like, just... Yeah, yeah, she's with him. How did she get there? She's always basically... She, she basically heals with him. Uh, we didn't swim. Oh, I just okay. took the bridges. Oh, okay. And yeah. just like, whenever like, someone was like, excuse me. All those like, suckers swimming. Yeah, so every time someone was like, oh, excuse me, he'd be like, morning, and then just keep walking. Yeah, a few fast. times people have tried to stop you from going places morning. and ignored them. Yeah, he's basically just sort of gone, yes, good morning, and just kept walking. <laughs> <laughs> They've kind of decided you're going away from the important parts of town, so that's fine with them. 
And they're also get a lot of them are getting bitched out by senior staff. There seems to be like a lot of like it's redeployment. Yeah. This is the like the biggest the easiest way to read. You've you've been at musterings yes, before. Yeah, I get what's happening. Yeah. Um, but then you come across the the floating market. It's about 300 to 400 foot stretching across the mouth of this river are all these poles that have been hammered into the water. And between them, all these little boats with all kinds of little trinkets and things have basically pulled up and tied up and are in the process of being set up as like market stalls. And it literally creates a causeway from one bank to the other um, that people can traverse. But currently, a chain runs across the length of one side so they can't, like, just scoot on through. And it's everything from, like, uh, like a three-man barge, like a, like a more, almost like a pontoon-sized stuff, to, like, larger cargo barges that have been pulled up here. Um, and there sort of is, like, a, a rhyme and reason to the whole thing. The, the whole causeway sort of snakes along the length um, with the more well-to-do people being further out from the middle. So people who are selling, like, you see a guy with a bar just filled with cabbage. You see someone who's got... Yeah. Um, you see someone with, like, fine silks and linens in a, in a rattier, smaller-looking barge. It's just a, a hubbub of, like, trade and hawking. Charlie would sort of look for any sort of places for, like, trinkety bits or, you know, like... Is yeah, somewhere that might have some like musical instruments or uh, just like mm. nice sort of. You see, you do see a few of them, um, but there are also a lot of soldiers here that are sort of going through and harassing a lot of these people. Like the guy with the barge of cabbages is currently having his cabbages move from one end to the other by these soldiers. Yeah, that's um, what I totally ignores them and like finds a nice like place that's just full of knickknacks and sort of sorts. Yep, yeah, there's definitely the, um, there's someone who does like these little figurines made of ceramics. Yeah. Um, not too dissimilar from the ones you saw in the um, estate you just left. Mm, I'm sort of thinking more along the lines of like, you know, the shops that have it garbage tips where like, yeah. people will salvage out. That's pretty much what this yeah. place is like. Well, what do you want? What do you want to find? Uh, so it would be like, ooh, those are a nice pair of, slightly elven looking boots or hey look there's some like some shiny the boots are really bad they're like got, they're basically the seams for like this stuff is not quality this stuff is just crap that people have brought to sell yeah whereas like I'm just looking for you know so like oh that's a pretty interesting looking harpoon maybe Scan would like that oh look there's some like yeah you definitely you know, see like, all this stuff wet stones and uh, string uh, like I'm like, not looking to buy, like, brand-new pristine no, no. Like, in the pack at Whetstones. But, and, but, you know, like... Yeah, but I assume you're continuing to move on? Yeah, yeah. Cool. Okay, so you eventually make it to the other side, and there is a lot of people milling about. Roll me a perception check. <sighs> that's an 11 plus... Uh, so, uh, that's 19. Okay. Charlie, through the crowd on the opposite bank, you see Ryland slip out of an alleyway that fronts onto the dock. She's battered, bruised, and worst of all, she's covered in blood.
Thank you for listening to this episode of There Be Dragons. I am your Dungeon Master Matthew, and Abella de Rosier was played by Angela Lita Kay. Charlie Roughhouse was played by Tristan Douse. Nezor Valgoulis, the Bard, and our sound recordist was played by Tom Moore. Scan Felspar is played by Joshua Walker. And Ryland Westfall is played by Karen Schlink. If you'd like to know more about the podcast, check out our website at therebedragonscast.com or you can check us out on Podbean at therebedragons.podbean.com. If you'd like to support the podcast, please consider joining our Patreon at patreon.com slash therebedragons. We also have a Twitter at tbdragonscast where you can tweet at us and talk about the show using the hashtag therebedragons. There Be Dragons is edited and produced by Matthew Buss and sound post-produced by Tom Moore. There Be Dragons' original score and soundtrack is composed and produced by Sean Tanian. You can see more of his work at seantanianmusic.com. There Be Dragons' art is produced by Brianna Manning. You can find more of her work at brepi.com. That's all for this week. Thanks for listening.